This is Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford. Each week, Mark Sinell and I talk with top influencers to explore how the U.S. government is harnessing the power of technology to solve complex challenges and improve our lives. Hello. Thanks for joining us on Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford here with my co-host, Mark Sinell. Hello, Mark. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. And today we get to talk to Dr. Shakib Shaibi, Chief Data Scientist in the U.S. Department of Commerce, National Technical Information Service, or NTIS, and Acting Associate Director for the Office of Data Services. He provides expertise and assistance to governmental agencies in harnessing innovative technologies and delivering data-driven solutions to achieve mission impact within the NTIS framework. Shakib, welcome to Tech Transforms. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for joining. Thank you so much. Let's start with a brief overview of your role at NTIS, um, as well as the role of NTIS within government agencies. Absolutely. Thank you again for the opportunity. So NTIS is a a bureau within the U.S. Department of Commerce. We want to think about the NTIS as the best kept secret in government. What I'm going to say about NTIS is going to resonate with a lot of our listeners because it's it's a very interesting agency that is focused on data science and data innovation. So NTIS has been actually created shortly after the Second World War. The main task at that point was to gather all the information collected from the Second World War that deal with the technical research, etc. And it became a repository of information for the government. They dealt with any technical papers or publications, etc., that have from the civilian side. But in the 1990s, the internet happened. <laughs> and so we're still doing that. We have one of the largest libraries. We continue collecting that information. But Congress has uh, thought about us to focus us on a different mission, uh, which is at that time, which is actually was a, a great idea, and uh, um, which is about data science. So currently, that's our main focus at NTIS. We provide a unique pathway for federal agencies towards innovation and digital transformation. So we have an authority from Congress that allow us to seek out their partners from the industry, from academic institution, nonprofit, to help federal agency address national data center challenges. And it's available to all federal agencies seeking an agile capacity to scale, quick access to private sector ingenuity and expertise to meet critical mission data Priorities. We also use a very innovative framework, which is based on agile methodology, uh, to be able to harness emerging and cutting edge technologies. And we operate outside the federal acquisition regulation, outside the FAR. So we are really in the innovation space. It's really exciting because uh, whenever you want to innovate, you are not sure about how to go about it. If every federal agency has an, or federal agency should say, Uh, want to be effective and efficient in accomplishing their missions and addressing data priorities. But sometimes they don't know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have an idea about the business problems and what they want to achieve, but they don't have all the details and the uh, the steps to go about it. And that's because that's part of any innovative work that you're going to do. 
So that's where we can help them with. So we have a very agile framework where they can come in and actually discuss their business problems with us at a very high level. And then what they want to achieve and tell us about them, what, what they make, what's their mission, what's the most important things that they want to accomplish. And based on that conversation, we can actually develop a problem statement, which is kind of a scope statement, a very high level again, that try to address data innovation goal that they want to achieve. And once that's done, we reach out to our partners and we have actually a session, which we call a whiteboard session, that is very open to anyone. And it's very free-flowing discussion. It's like based on design thinking and discussing the um, what the, the, the objectives are and what they want to accomplish and what the problems that they want to solve, etc. And they get um, in a free-flowing discussion and, and that helps us basically refine the scope statement and then compete that statement with our partners. And then we have a selection process, which is the merit review process that goes on and to finalize the, the partner or partners that will be uh, involved in actually conducting that project. So we have a, about like uh, already about like more than 45 partners from industry. Like we have the, the big ones, of course, like IBM, Booz Allen, but also universities like Stanford and, and, and some smaller enterprise companies from Silicon Valley companies that are really very focused on some very specific aspect of data science and artificial intelligence that are part of our list of partners. But the good thing is that these partners can still partner with others because we don't expect any, uh, everyone to, to know everything about anything. So as long as they are the, the major player, they can partner up with others uh, to complete the project. So, so to keep, how, how does industry engage with your organization? How do they get involved or, or, or basically you determining, you and your organization, determining what technologies uh, and industry partners uh, are getting involved with uh, some of the things that you're working on? Uh, great question, Mark. So what we have, we have a notice in the Federal Register ask for any companies and we focus and then we also encourage minority owned businesses to apply to become a partner and we have a specific criteria. Our criteria is related to data innovation. If you can provide some value to the government in terms of data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence and the related emerging technologies, we encourage them to apply. So we have a process where we have them evaluated by people from NTIs as well as outside NTIs from the federal government that help us, that volunteer to help us uh, evaluate if they are providing specific value and uh, meeting some criteria that we define in the notice. And after that process, they become a partner. And once they are partner, then they will be able to compete for a project that we bring in. So you guys are like a technology innovation playground. You get an idea. You help the agency or group scope it, and then you put it into action. When you put it into action, do you actually implement within the agency or do you model it first in, do you have a lab that you model it in first? Yeah, it's a great question, Carolyn. No, we, we are a very small agency. So we are more like a, a broker. Mm. So what we do is we reach out to federal agencies and we, we let them know about, about our services. 
And we tell them this is, I mean, if you're having difficulties innovating in a data, in, in data framework, then come with us. Because the advantage also with working with us is that we, we have been involved in several projects already with several uh, departments and federal agencies, etc. So we kind of like have experience with what federal agencies are trying to achieve, what are the challenges that they encounter, and what type of solutions they should seek out. So when we talked with them, we said, we asked them always about what their mission is and what they're trying to accomplish and what are any other, any other challenges that they are encountering and they, they need uh, support from us. And that's how we start. We start with a specific problem. I mean, we can discuss later how we advise federal agencies to, to go about artificial intelligence. It's a, an amazing topic there because it's an interesting area to discuss because in short, AI is very transformative technology. So it does require a big investment from federal agencies. And as an AI expert myself, I tell them, get involved right away because the data doesn't stop. It keeps coming and then it needs to be processed and accessed and cleaned and, and prepared to be used. And the models that you're going to develop based on that data, if they are predictive models, etc., they are also iterative models. So they need to be refined over the years and etc. once they're deployed and monitored. So the sooner the better, in short. And when you but, say this uh, sooner the better mm-hmm. for AI engagement, what specifically are you talking about with AI? Like is there a specific technology that you recommend that they start with? Or yeah, a great question. I mean, you know, I, I wrote a paper recently about what are the challenges and opportunities in, in federal government and what type of model they should use. I, I'm not saying that is the perfect model, but let me just try to identify some of the uh, guidelines that I identify. So in that model, I try to identify what are the challenges that all federal agencies encounter. The first challenge, and I think the most important one and the most immediate one is about data. You know, we are moving from federal agencies and the IT infrastructure. Before, we, we used to have legacy-based applications. So we have siloed application. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had the data basically feeding a specific application and, and things were going well at that time. So because that was really what you need to do to accomplish a specific task. But if you want to really take advantage of data, and that's one of our role at NTIS, is to foster and encourage agencies to use data as a strategic asset for evidence-based decision, for uh, to be more efficient, to enhance their processes, etc. All of these needs an aggregation of data. So data from different sources, internal and external. So we need, first thing is to switch the model of thinking and, and the model of operation from siloed application into a more integrated data framework that will come together whenever it's needed and with the flexibility that is required to address specific problems within the federal government. Do you typically need a government agency or a customer to engage, to drive some of the work and innovation that you that you are working on? Or do you have the flexibility or the autonomy to do the innovation on your own and then take it to federal agencies where you know they might be doing some stuff like that? 
Yeah, I think it's the former. So it, it's oh. the uh, the agency actually leads the project. And that I think it's a great thing because they are really the subject matter experts. They are the ones that are really working on a specific aspects and they know what works and what doesn't work. So they do it in collaboration, of course, with the partner. But mm. they have to lead the project. Without revealing national secrets to keep, mm -hmm. is there a favorite project that you've worked on that you can think of? Absolutely. I mean, I can tell you the department agencies that we we worked with. And um, but of course, like I mentioned, I cannot be very specific about what we do, uh, but some of them have agreed to allow us to uh, to publicize that. So I'll focus more mm -hmm. on those. So let me talk a little bit about one of the projects, which is uh, which is like I mentioned, is the USAID um, Presidential Malaria Initiative. The goal of the project is actually to control and eliminate malaria. Uh, mm. What we you know, we are right now going over a pandemic um, that, that has been one of the worst calamities in the, in the history of uh, humanity. But, but malaria has been around for, for several centuries, and, and it's a life-threatening disease as well. And it's caused by parasites that transmitted to people through the bites of infected female mosquitoes. But it's preventable and curable. But just to give you some, some numbers, is that in 2019, there was about 409,000 estimated deaths from malaria, and 67% out of that were children aged under five years. Mm. So this is really like a, an important project for us because we want to help USAID and the U.S. government to actually help uh, the countries that are affected by malaria in, uh, throughout the world and literally save lives. So in our work, we have helped uh, USA design and build a, a platform uh, that they call the Malaria Data Integration and Visualization for Education Platform uh, with the help of a partner. So it includes uh, storage and organization of malaria and related data, literally in different format and different structure, different languages. Etc. And the goal is to aggregate all that information, collect it, integrate it, and then to help them do better evidence-based decision-making, uh, predict and identify high-risk area based on geospatial and weather data, better manage the preventive supplies, such as mosquito nets or insect repellents, and eventually implement some low-cost malaria combating solution in, in resource trap area to machine learning tools. So this is an important uh, project that ultimately has an amazing outcome. But at the same time, it shows it's also a model for other agencies about how to how it's important to actually combine the data and how even uh, geospatial or geographic data can be combined and protected and secured. Uh, and, and providing actually self-service capabilities, because that's what we always try to encourage federal agencies to do within a program or within a, a region where the program is applied uh, to provide them with um, user-centered self-service capabilities that allow them to actually enter the data, process the data, and do the initial uh, cleaning and preparation for the data. I love that. It sounds like it sounds like we need to connect you up with some of our friends over at CMS because uh, they're dealing <laughs> with this thing. You may have heard of it, uh, COVID or Omicron variant. <laughs> so, well, they probably could is, use your help, Chicky. And this, what your department <laughs> is doing is just—I mean, this is 
this is what I love to talk about. Mark knows like technology, literally transforming our lives, saving lives, using technology and data to do better. That's really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's true that the, yeah, the, the, the pandemic has been a calamity and, and one of the worst disasters. Mm. Uh, but the silver lining is that it has actually helped accelerate digital transformation. Yeah. Across all industry, but definitely in the government. And, the, and there is definitely a momentum to, to actually be using technologies, et cetera, to, uh, to achieve our goals. Like uh, you mentioned, um, actually, we're working with, um, with HHS OIG. Uh, in okay. one of the projects that we are developing, and HHS OIG, and this is our eighth year working with them. So we have uh, started many years back, and uh, and it's also an interesting example to um, to discuss because it shows basically the progression of uh, what federal agencies are bound to to do to be able to actually uh, benefit from artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities. The issue that they had is that they were working in silos uh, and, and then they had the data in different areas of the country. So, but, you know, fraud exists in California as well as in Florida, and they usually use similar patterns. So why don't we bring that knowledge and bring it together, aggregate it and help all everyone to take advantage of Others experience it. Like one of the aspects that we are uh, helping them with is to use sentiment analysis, to use actually, you know, social media posts, etc., to include mm-hmm. them as part of, of the information that the investigators and auditors need to uh, better identify fraud patterns. So, and, sorry, uh, sentiment yes. analysis. So, you, yes. you look at their social media to detect their mood, their. Um, where they might be leaning politically or otherwise? Mostly, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we try to identify if there is any pattern because one thing that the fraudsters do is that they keep moving. You know, they create a company and they, they, and they keep moving. But the underlying patterns are, are kind of like there is, they keep repeating them, but mm-hmm. they just become more and more sophisticated. And the advantage of using uh, machine learning is that uh, we can actually be on top of those because you can actually predict what type of new patterns they're going to be developing instead of just using simple rules that were used before where they say, okay, if you if you see this, this and that, then let's look into it. Now we, have, we, we can actually have the machine learning algorithm model tell us in advance that okay, this is the type of pattern that I see and I, I believe with a certain level of confidence that that is uh, it might be fraudulent. And so the, the work is basically, and that's how we see the future of, um, of machine learning artificial intelligence is working very closely with human beings. It's augmented artificial intelligence. And that's what we do with HHS is that when a, an investigator or an auditor comes in, we try to make their life easier. So we spend a lot of time automating the task that should be just automated because they're tedious and uh, there's no need for a human being to, to do that unless just to check that they're correct or not. And then, so we, and then we try to surface which cases can be the most beneficial for, for the American people, for the taxpayer. So which one will give us a better return 
based on the time that, that the investigator units spend because we have limited resources. So all of those are really important in terms of trying to address, you know, the fraud and, and, and waste and abuse within the um, government in general, but in HHS here, using these incredible tools that help us basically sift to the data, identify the patterns, and surface some areas that we need to focus more time on as, as human beings. Those are those are complex issues that you guys are working through a lot of different areas. So it's, um, I mean, it's it's fascinating stuff that you're talking about and work that you all are doing. I, I um, Shakib, I had I had a one question. I know we're running out of time here. Just uh, you have a, a very long and distinguished academic career, and so I'm curious to to understand how you perceive some of the differences in working in the academic world compared with the government world? I mean, a great question. And I started in the industry with one of the largest computer companies and then moved to academia where I I really enjoyed a lot. The difference between academia and government, I really see it as as very little because it's all about the service-oriented mission-based activities. And that's, I, I joined the government because I really love what the NTIS model, uh, what mm-hmm. we do. And, and I'm fascinated by this field that is exploding, which is data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Uh, I strongly believe that this is not just like another technology. It's a transformative technology mm-hmm. uh, that's going to directly affect us in, in, in many ways. Uh, so, so I see my goal, and that's why I'm very active, trying to be active in um, in social media, etc. As also to, and my participation here is to inform the public about uh, this awesome power that is AI. So, one aspect that that's kind of related with that I started in academia, and uh, I'm also working on the side on on looking into it and um, participating in some forums that try to uh, foster collaboration between government, industry, and academia is, uh, for instance, the, what we call responsible AI. So we're trying to look at how we can make sure that AI is, is actually applied the way we intended to, mm-hmm. uh, with, without bias or being harmful to us in, in, in some way, short, short-term or long-term. Uh, so very important that, uh, and to do that, it's, it's such, such a complex issue. And then actually at the Department of Commerce, we we, um, we actually uh, published the Commerce Data Strategy late last year. And then we are, um, so one of our action plan is to, is to develop some data ethics that we're going to be using at the Department of Commerce. But as part of also of the federal data strategy, there is a, a Push to um, to be to make sure that we understand what the AI and, and the data we use uh, can impact any application we do, and we try to uh, prevent and mitigate any issue that relates to equity or, or bias, etc. So that's mm-hmm. very important as well. You've reminded well, me of something that I've heard that other da- I've heard other data scientists and other AI experts say, and that is that AI is going to make us more human because it will free us from 
the menial tasks you mentioned before, just mm-hmm. these, you know, over and over repetitive tasks that we don't really need to do. And if we can be freed from those, it gives us more space and more time to devote to innovation and ideas. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, I, I love it. I really love it. Uh, make us more human. I think it's a, uh, it's greatly put. Yeah, I think it, and that's what it's important for us to understand uh, the extent of that technology and how we can be involved. I mean, I'm a, I support the, the what do we call human in the loop artificial intelligence applications. So, so we need to be uh, human has to be involved throughout the data life cycle that uh, any uh, uh, data science project goes through, uh, from inputting the data all the way to deploying a mesh, uh, predictive model, etc. So throughout that, and um, the interesting thing to share is to is that um, there was a study that was done about uh, how the um, bias and um, lack of fairness, etc., comes in in in, in predictive uh, models, mm-hmm. and the um, the majority of those come actually from data, from from the source. So it's very important and that we uh, advise federal agencies is really to, data is a source of data science and artificial machine learning. And it's also the source of, uh, unfortunately, uh, bias and negative or uh, unintended consequences. So mm-hmm. the focus has to be there. And that's what we were planning to focus on and the Department of Commerce as well, is to focus on data ethics and how, how to make sure that to better understand the data lineage, how it was collected, um, was it collected the right way, do we have the, um, do we know who, how, who and who and how and why it was collected, do we have all the, the sources, has that data uh, been validated, etc. And like you mentioned, all of that, of course, is tedious, but that can be done, that can be automated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a lot of a lot of uh, uh, ways to do that, uh, including what's called MLOps and others that allow you to automate the approaches to do that. So it's just a question of, um, of, of, of adding that to the, to the data flow process. Mm. So, Mark, we get to come to the part of the show that I might love the most. It's our Tech Talk questions. You want to you throw Shakib the first question? Sure, I will. And, and just before I do that, I'll just say, NTIS has a very long and rich history, so uh, I'm excited that you're working there, and um, I know that uh, you have big shoes to fill, so we can't wait to see what uh, you guys uh, produce here in the years to come. Absolutely. We are, we are very excited about what we do, and we, we're trying to get the word out, so uh, I hope this helps as well. Uh, because I, I believe that um, that uh, we strongly believe that data science and, that, and, and machine learning, artificial intelligence are going to help a federal agency be more effective, more efficient about what they do, and, um, I mean, and enhance their decision making, and and really be more responsive uh, to uh, to the constituent. We believe that um, we can help chart the trajectory for, for federal agencies and, um, and we are here to help. Well, there's there's no doubt about that. So 
let me ask you this. This is a this is a fun question, although it could be related to work as well. <laughs> so, what do you think is the next big leap in tech? What do you think that that will be? It's a million dollar question, or <laughs> <laughs> it's the billion dollar so, question. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, it's it really. I I think. Uh, right now, what I think is, uh, and uh, you know, things changed a lot in tech. And um, but I, I really believe that AI is going to be a, a transformative technology. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's going to be the big thing is is the confluence of technology that coming together. Uh, and that's why the effect of AI is going to be basically exponential. Yeah. <laughs> so we have we have the Internet of Things. So uh-huh. gathering data and helping us with different tasks, etc. Um, we have, uh, uh, you know, we have the cloud uh, uh, helping access data uh, uh, from anywhere in the world. Uh, we have quantum computing uh, uh, nascent now, and and uh, and it's going to become maybe a reality in the in in, in few years. We have virtual reality. I don't know. I, since you said that I can also relate to personal things, I don't know if you had the chance to go to uh, uh, watch the immersive Van Gogh. Yes. And, um, yes. Oh my yes. God. Yes, I have. I, you know, I'm, 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 I love art, and, mm-hmm. um, and it was one of the most impressive <laughs> experiences that I always uh, have. Here, um, here's uh, a question for you about that. What do you yeah. think Van Gogh would have thought about that? Because we saw his art without seeing his art. Right, I, I I think he. I mean, I think Van Gogh. I mean, he he was he was a painter that used to paint so much. Yeah. So he, I think he's he's all about sharing uh, mm-hmm. art, and he he had uh, you know it's such a creative uh, um, uh, creative being. I mean, he was just about creating and sharing, creating and sharing, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't really. Um, uh, I think he will have. I think. It's a good question. I, I, I would be uh, 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 curious about what you think, but I, I, I think he, uh, we will have to say fine because it is it is what it is. It just it shared it shared his art. Was, uh, yeah, yeah, shared his art, yeah. and 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 then uh, giving us the pleasure of enjoying his art and 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 and, and genius. So I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I loved what, uh, is is uh, I don't know if you had the chance to do the virtual reality thing at the end. Uh, I did not. I did not. Oh, well, we didn't. That was Ours really didn't have amazing. that. Really? Oh, okay. We got yeah, cheated I mean, it, in Utah. Yeah, no. I mean, it, <laughs> I think what that was the, 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 the icing on the cake, really, because um, you get you use virtual reality to be transported in the um, village yeah. where he uh, spent sometimes in the south of France and where he, he developed uh, some really? of the best painting. And and you really feel that you are there, uh, mm. and then you're walking in the street, and so so it gives you like a closer connection to, or to what where he was, his uh, his context. And this is to relate it to to work. This is extremely important in artificial intelligence is to develop context uh, because context is in, mm-hmm. essential in in intelligence, of course. So kind of like 
joining the two things together. But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a confluence of several technologies coming together. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have serious FOMO because I didn't get the <laughs> VR experience. So with that, um, let, let me ask you one last question because Mark knows I'm always looking for something new to read and I'm a complete nerd, complete sci-fi freak. But aside <laughs> from that, let me ask you, like, what what are you reading? And it can be technology related, or it can just be, I'm so interested to know how you unwind and like what you do, what you read or watch or listen to for fun. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I love to read. I love to listen to music. And, um, and uh, I wish we have more time. In my youth, I used to write poetry. So I, I, I read a lot of poems. Who's your favorite poet? <laughs> Baudelaire. Or one of? Who? Baudelaire. Uh. Charky, yeah, you are uh, you are very complex. Yeah. I mean, we could talk another hour just again. On FOMO your, inadequacy. <laughs> some of these other areas. That's that's really impressive and, and fun to listen yeah, to. But I I actually I want to get I know we got to end, but what is the book that you're reading right now? You said related to work, to data science. Well, I'm reading right now it's a book called Deep Learning with Python, which is a second edition. Uh, okay. from Francois Cholet. Um, yeah, I, I, I had it in digital format, but I, I had I just received my physical copy. So mm-hmm. it's been um, with me. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a very technical book and um, it requires a lot of time. So I'm reading it like as whenever I have a chance uh, just to, because I think my resolution for 2022 is to be, it's like an iterative process in the, in machine learning, I'm, I'm going to my introspective phase where I'm going to do more um, reading, more reflection, um, et cetera. So, uh, so I will try to go back to the um, fundamentals. Uh, and that's the most important advice I will, I will tell anyone mm-hmm. who wants to get into machine learning and artificial intelligence. Focus on the fundamentals because a lot of things change very quickly, but the fundamentals are always there. So that's mm-hmm. where it, everyone should focus on. Yes. And we think we know the fundamentals, right? And I have to remind myself almost daily, um, be nice just to be nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I think to be empathetic and uh, nice is uh, is always great <laughs> advice. <laughs> well, Shakib, this has been just an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time to share your insights with us. Thank you, Carolina and Mark. That was really a pleasure. It, it went much better than I thought. I was. Uh, <laughs> it, it, you're more than friends, actually. Now your family. <laughs> you Agreed. made me really feel comfortable. Agreed. Thank, and, you, and so thank you so much. I thought it was really, really interesting and um, fun. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Very it's fun and pleasure. And I want to thank our listeners. And we are going to. Shakib mentioned a lot of papers that his organization has put out. Um, We will put those in the show notes as well as um, how to get a hold of NTIS to um, have Chakib help you with your idea. So we will talk to you next week on Tech Transforms. Thanks for joining Tech Transforms. Please post a review, share this episode, and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.